This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 25 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm your host Ben and this week I'm joined by Gary. How are you getting on? I'm doing very well mate. This week it sounded as if normally you're joined by somebody else. Well, we were joined by a guest last week as well, so there was a, there was two of us last. Uh, sorry, three of us last week, and this week there is only two. So, yes. we're back to back to the uh, the dream team, as it were. Uh, yeah, go on then. We'll take. I'll take that if if you if you say so. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, someone's got to praise it. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously, couple of a uh, couple of big things happened this week. Um, we had the game on Sky on Saturday, which was. Um, I mean, we we might as well start there. Uh, we had, well, let's be honest, it was a really, really good game of football to watch, wasn't it? It was um, a, a decent end-to-end contest against Bury. Um, I was, I think everyone was pretty much spot on in terms of uh, expecting a draw, maybe hoping for a win. Um, I think you mentioned it in uh, in your piece on the blog about how it almost looked at one point like we might, might possibly let it slip and and they might come in and and all the rest of it but um it it was a really enjoyable game i mean i i was uh, i watched it down at a friend's house so um we we didn't unfortunately didn't get a chance to go down to the game um due to work commitments but uh yeah just just a really really good game of football all round and i think it was it's such a cliche to say oh it's a good advert for league 2 but it it really was um and i think your your views on the blog summed it up pretty much spot on. Well, that was my, was my headline. You say my headline was cliched, Ben. Well, no, you know what I mean. It's it's kind of it's it's what everyone says when you have a decent game that's <laughs> not normally on Sky. We say we say it's enjoyable. Um, you know, looking back, it was an enjoyable game. Sat watching it wasn't. I, I, I'll be honest, wasn't that enjoyable because I wanted us to win and we didn't. Um, and I know I've, I'm probably a strange football fan because I don't actually enjoy games of football. Uh, I never can. Huh. If we're three nil up with ten minutes to go, I'm, I'm crapping myself in case we concede two. I don't enjoy watching football because I have put so much passion and, and, and energy into it. I can watch teams I don't care about, and I love that. 
you know, I can watch as a neutral and analyse the game. I had to sit and watch a, a Leeds game for my Football League World stuff not long back. Uh, I loved it, but I can't analyse a Lincoln game in that way. And I try, but mm. I can't. I see it through Lincoln eyes. And I think that was kind of one of the points that I made in the blog that, you know, it's hard not to watch things with rose-tinted glasses. It was a good advert for League Two. I actually, uh, I, I, I've seen some of the coverage and I, I don't think it was too biased. I thought both teams came out of it okay. Um Barrier a really good side. And mm. you know, I, when I say it's a shame because there's five good sides and only three of us can go up, yeah, you know, I don't mean it if it's Forest Green and Mansfield that don't go up. Um, but in truth, you know, Forest Green, great side at the minute, scoring goals. Mansfield, great side at the minute. Um, <laughs> us, very fantastic. Oh, yeah, what a great league too. And, and that was just, we showcased it. And last night, to be fair, I've seen some snippets of Forest Green, Mansfield. They did the same thing. Football's getting better at this level. Yeah. Um, There is a part of me that wonders that if you're looking at teams like Forest Green and Mansfield playing each other when they've got a sizable budget behind them, um, is it not an inevitability that the the football's going to get better when you've got that kind of money behind you? But at the same time, we're top of the league and we've not necessarily got their kind of spending power. Um, But... uh, yeah, I think we we answered a lot of critics in some areas of the game when we were. I think we put some good moves together. I think we played some good football. Um, there were a couple of instances where we put some really nice moves together, and unfortunately, you know, they didn't didn't result in a goal when maybe you would have thought that the the end product could have been there. Um, I want to talk briefly um, about a subject that we've touched on before. We've, well, when I say we've touched on, we've, we've been staunch defenders, but um, <clears throat> John Akindi, I personally thought he had an all right game. Um, I've seen, I've seen some reactions that implied very much, uh, very much to the opposite. And I've, I've even had one person say to me that that's after watching that game on telly, I think that's the reason that we should put him on the transfer list. I thought, well, m- maybe not. Um, but I think you made the point that he <clears throat> he's not just there to get on the end of everything and, and put the ball in the back of the net, but he's drawing players away and he actually freed up quite a lot of space for Danny Rowe, um, which was, you know, to the, to the club's... Be- uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Benefit. That's the word I'm looking for. To the benefit of the, uh, of the team, because Danny Rowe was... Well, when he found the space and he, he got into it, he looked a threat every time he came forward. And uh, I think when he came off, the, the threat seemed to dwindle a little bit. But in terms of Akindi's performance, you mentioned again in the, in the blog that he, would, he looked like he was blowing a bit on uh, about 75 minutes. I think the only thing that I, I could really criticise him for during the game was quite deep into the game, uh, a, cross came, uh, a cross came over from Harry Anderson, I think it was. It was quite low. And John was stood on the edge of the 18-yard box. And you just think, if you were just two or three yards further forward, you probably would have gotten on the end of that. And he, he just seemed to be almost kind of lolloping forward a little bit. And other than that, I, I thought he had a really good game. I mean, your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll be honest, I'm not going to talk too in-depth about John Akindi, um, because there's a danger of overpraising him as well because of the overcompensation for, for people underpraising him. I thought he had a good game. I thought he gave a, a good example of what he does when he was holding the ball up late on. Um, I thought for patches of the game, he drifted out of it. 
Uh, but it's hard mm-hmm. because if if you start saying things, um, somebody like me who who is an Akindi supporter starts saying things like, "Yeah, he drifted out of the game for fifteen minutes." There, you get other people going, "Oh, I told you so. Told you it was crap. Told you it was rubbish." But then if you start saying things like I did in the blog, you know, he held the gate, ball up well, he took his penalty well, you're kind of also leaving yourself open a little bit because I want to acknowledge both sides of the game. I don't think it was his best game in a Lincoln shirt by a long way. Um, and no, I, yeah, don't think, right. I don't think the John Akindi that we've got now is the John Akindi that many of us thought we were signing when he arrived in the summer. However, we're top of the league. He's our centre forward. I don't understand how there's any more criticism. Let's talk about Danny Rowe. That, that's what I want to mm-hmm. talk about because I thought Danny Rowe was fantastic. I think he's mm-hmm. he's everything that we need from that number 10 uh, or, or the, the kind of the 10 role as, as we perceive it in the Lincoln team because he's quick, yeah. uh, he's direct, he's got a low centre of gravity and that's a polite way of saying he's short. Um but he finds the spaces, he gets in beyond. I mean, when you look at the goal, okay, our first goal was a mistake by Chris Stokes, their fullback. He's going to get the ball, he doesn't get it. Danny Rowe comes mm-hmm. away with it. He's still run 15, 15, 20 yards, had to cut inside a little bit, finished, not dislike Terry Hawkridge's in against Macclesfield, as I said, you know, better keeper might have saved it, to be fair. Um, mm-hmm. You know, better keeper might have saved a couple of their efforts as well. And I, 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 I just thought, I thought Danny Rowe for me, up until he came off, was the undoubted man of the match. Uh, and Jason Shackle mm-hmm. overtook him because they laid siege towards the end of the game, almost certainly. But um, yeah, the, I think he will be the signing of the transfer window. And I know we're going to do a transfer window special because we're recording this the, the night before, so we don't quite know what else has gone on. Um, mm-hmm. But there's always a flop in the transfer window. There's always somebody who signs, who, who I wax lyrical about, who ends up, probably not performing as well as we hoped. James Wilson last year, almost certainly. Uh, Johnny Margots mm-hmm. the year before came on loan, didn't he? And we all thought he was going to be great, and he, he, he wasn't. Um, there's always one that does really well. Uh, last year it was, was probably Tom Pett. Took a while, but you know he, he was quite a good signing. Lee Frecklington done very well. Danny Rose, the man for me. Danny Rose, biggest signing of this uh, transfer window. Whoever we sign tomorrow, Danny Rose, the key. Uh, as for the biggest flop... Towards the end of the Berry game, I I didn't like what I saw from Jordan Roberts, um, but it's very very harsh to start piling on a player after twenty minutes. Um, but I would like to have seen one of our more seasoned players with with ten, fifteen, twenty games under their belt come on instead of either Roberts or, or O'Hara. I think bringing them both on was where we lost our balance. Didn't lose as the game, but I think it's where we lost our balance. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Um, the Kind of throwing the sort of two new players on uh, very late on in the game. It's it's difficult to make that much of an impact when they don't know, you know, they don't know the setup, they don't know a lot of everything about making the team gel. And I think it was, I think we lost a lot of edge, as I said, when when Danny Rowe came off, um, and whether that was because the the players that sort of came on didn't didn't slot in, didn't gel just quite as well as we need them to, or whether it was just because of the fact that Berry smelled blood in the water a little bit and kind of really tried to to push forward and, and get the winner. Um, I'm not too sure, but uh, well, I, I, think, to, I think you're right. Well, go on then, yeah. So just to comment on the substitutions, one thing I've actually noticed, which may be intentional, maybe not, but Danny will make a change and he'll bring a player on for a player. And then his next substitution five minutes later will move the player he's just brought on. So, for instance, he brought Jordan Roberts on for Danny Rowe. 
So that sits Roberts behind John Akindi in the 10 roll. And then, what, five, ten minutes later or whatever, he brings on Mark O'Hara. I can't remember whether it was for Pet or Anderson. Was it Pet? Um, I think it was Pet, yeah. And so that then puts Roberts out on the left wing and it puts O'Hara in the middle. Now, I wonder if Danny does this to try and be a bit smart and, and confuse the, the, the opposition manager. But for me, it kind of it just disbalances things a bit because Roberts is in the 10 role or is he not in the 10 role? Then he's going out wide. Where's O'Hara playing? So O'Hara wasn't in the 10 role. And yeah, we, mm. we probably didn't have that role. And I think that's probably where a little bit of the disjointedness came in is that, yeah, it was, it wasn't just two new players, but they were in different positions as well. And yeah, when you, when you've got a team like Barry who, who smell blood and, and were going for the kill, um, I, I, st- I actually think we did really well not to lose the game from, from about 65 mm. minutes. So sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just had a, a thought and I thought I'd get it in. No, I think you're right. It's, um, it, it was quite disjointed and I think it was, I think you're right when you say it's probably a bit harsh to, to criticise uh, Jordan Roberts after 20 minutes or so. Um, I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens going forward. I think there's going to be... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of changes on Saturday. Uh, I think there's probably going to be two or three um, people maybe shifting about and, and looking at, uh, well, not necessarily a second string, but... I mean, is, is there anything else we need to say on Barry before we move on to County? No. Cool. Okay. Um, just wanted to check. Good. Um, I think, um, well, actually I do just, there is one thing I just want to say. There's a lot of criticism at the minute. Um, and there was a few, quite a few comments on social media as the game was going on. Um, people giving it, you know, or Lincoln are very physical. Oh, you know, Bozzy should have been sent off for a stamp and Freck should have been sent off for a stamp on their player's face. It's like, if you watch those incidents back, in absolutely no world, I don't know what planet people are on if they think, oh, that's that's a deliberate stamp. It was an, it was coming together. It was an accident, and there was absolutely no intention there whatsoever. Um, and personally, I think, I mean, if I'm honest, the referee seemed to have a fairly decent game. It was a, you know, it wasn't an overly physical game. I thought it was a decent, well, like we said, it was a decent battle between two decent sides, and he just sort of let the players get on with it to a point. Um, my dad, like, thought it, my dad yeah. thought it was a red card for Ecklington all day long. Really? Yeah, yeah. He thought he stamped on him deliberately. Wow. Well, I, I, the thing is, I, I can't see any intent in it. I really can't. He, he, he sort of comes over and he's he's going down. There's at no point does he look at the players. He, he doesn't look at the players' face at all. He, he doesn't take his eye off the ball, and I think he's just trying to put his foot on the ground to, to steady himself. Yeah, Lee Frecklington um, stamp on a man's face. No. No, absolutely not, not Craig Bellamy or Robbie Savage or somebody like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but yes, that's that's putting Barry to bed. I think it was, uh, I think it was an excellent display of of what League Two is capable of, and I think I'm I'm quite pleased that Lincoln were part of it. To be honest, because it's uh, it, it's got a lot of people talking this week on social media about oh wow, I didn't realise League Two football was like that. Oh, it's it's pretty good that, but uh, I mean, obviously the conditions didn't help for a, a massively free-flowing, quick-paced game. It was uh, sort of did bog it down a little bit at times. But we'll move on um, to, well, I'm almost tempted to say our trip to the circus on Saturday because that's essentially what Notts County have become over the past, well, past six months or so, but particularly over the past week. Um, we'll, we'll talk, let, let's say, start a little bit I, with things off. Can I just say something? 
Hardy's got his wang out. Hardy's got his wang out. La 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 la. <laughs> right, sorry, carry on. No, I mean that, that's the perfect place to start. Let's let's talk about things off the pitch because obviously we, we're coming to we're coming to play Notts County at a time where, I mean, let's be honest, they're in crisis. There's no there's no easy way to say that. Um, they are in very real danger of losing their league status. They are what eight points adrift at the bottom at this point. Yep. Is that eight points into the relegation zone. Um, they're rock bottom of the league. They've got a phenomenal wage bill. Um, did I read somewhere they're losing something like forty thousand pounds a month? Don't know. Don't know what you read. I'm I'm sure I read that. <laughs> I'm sure I read that somewhere. I think it was um, Hardy himself. He, he said in the papers somewhere that it was you know about forty thousand pounds a month on bonuses at one point that they were they were paying out and they were losing that amount of money. And you know, regardless of of your personal feelings towards the man, I just think he's he's done. Well, he's fucked it, really, hasn't he? Mm, it, it's just it, it's such a difficult spot to be in. And um, I mean, I made a tweet in the week that got a little bit of attention, and it basically said, you know, in the past <clears throat> in the past season, Alan Hardy's appointed two managers in the space of six months. Well, sorry, he's fired two managers in the space of six months. He's antagonised fans over Twitter. Then when they reply, he blocks them, and he's tweeted a picture of his penis. And I'm really glad that we've got Clive Nates because I don't think he would do any of those things. Um, it's it's just bizarre. I mean, what's going on? I, I really can't understand it. I mean, your, your thoughts on the sort of current, well, as I say, circus, really. Yeah, terrible time to play them. They're bound to beat us um, because we're going there thinking <laughs> they don't stand a chance. I, I just, I, I actually feel a little bit for Alan Hardy, a little bit, because mm. they've been a circus for a long while. Svengor and Ericsson, uh, not Sevco, what was it, Munto Finance or something. You know, that was farcical. Ray True went in, um, didn't particularly do a great job. Not a, not a wholly popular person, I don't think. I don't want to sue in. Yeah. Yeah, it's just opinion. Um, and, I, you know, I just think that Hardy's the latest in a line of people not really cut out to manage a club like or to to oversee a club like Notts County. He's tried to do things a bit differently in terms of keeping fans in touch on social media. A little bit too much, in my opinion, as a fine line. And there's there's this trend, isn't there, for owners and managers now to, to kind of be visible. Dara McAntony does it. Um, Andy Holt does it. One who I like um, is Stuart Donald. He does it up at Sunderland, but he's, he's quite measured. I, I like the openness um, I think in mm. this modern day of, of social media and, and communication and everyone being glued to a screen and, and smoke and mirrors, I, I, I kind of like it to a degree. I mean, I've got more stories out of Darren McAntony regarding Lincoln, uh, this transfer window, than I've had out of Lincoln. Now, that's not necessarily a good or a bad thing. Some people say it's bad, some good. I, I kind of I like it. I just think getting fans more involved is, is a good thing. Hardy's not quite got it right, mm. though, has he? You know, you want to get the fans involved, no. but you don't want them to see your genitals. And I think that's where the line is, is probably drawn. Um, although, to be fair, I've only seen nasty screen grabs of it, and I actually couldn't see his genitals. Um, I'm not sure that he's that well endowed, which is probably why he ended up buying a football club. Um, but all of that shouldn't take away from from the pitch from what's going on on the pitch. Mm. And I'm, I'm going to move nicely into my usual Notts County analysis here, if that's all right. So my voice for a little bit longer. Um, 
Mm-hmm. I think what we need to be aware of is that people getting their penises out um, doesn't actually make Notts County a terrible side. Being rock bottom doesn't make them a terrible side. It makes them an inconsistent side. It makes them a beatable side, but it doesn't make them a bad side. Um, they've only won four games all season in the league. I think one in the Football League trophy. That's not great. Uh, but two results that they have had, they beat Tranmere 3-2 at home. Remember, we lost to Tranmere. This is a Tranmere with James Norwood. Uh, they drew 3-3 at Colchester. We lost at Colchester. Good side, well organised. So they've got it. And um, when they went to Colchester, mm. uh, I think they played uh, Christian Dennis up front with uh, John Stead. I'm not a big John Stead fan, but he keeps scoring goals for them. Christian Dennis is a player who, who many of fans wanted to see with us in the summer. Um, scored a lot of goals last season. They've got Luis Alessandra there who people kind of oversee a little bit, but he's he's a really tricky winger. He can play up front with John Stead as well, so they've got a few options. Signed Craig McHale-Smith yesterday. Um, average for Wickham last season, but they got promoted. So, you know, he was averaging a team in the top three. Only 33, I think, as well. I thought he was in his like, late 50s or something and he's been around that long. Um, <laughs> David Vaughan in midfield from Forest probably is in his late 50s. Um, but they've got quality in that squad. Um, also, one thing to remember is um, Boudouin, I'll call him Boudouin, I'm pretty sure that's not how it's pronounced, Enzio, who came from Crawley, been out injured since November. Um, he's back. He came off the bench this re- this last game. I think they lost uh, Yeovil, maybe. Um, but he came off the bench. He's, he's, he's a real tricky player as well. I like him a lot. So they're getting a lot of team, they're getting a lot of players back. Um, Neil Ardley likes to play mm. a, four, uh, a 3 4 1 2, which, you know, Probably we used to call it a five-three-two, but now the trend is to have the four areas on the pitch and not three. Um, so they play three across the back, two wing backs, um, two centre forwards. Yeah, you know, it's pretty standard, pretty fair. Three in midfield. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a tough game. I really do, just because they're we're mm. top and they're bottom. It's exactly the sort of game that we we would lose. You look last year, Wolves won the championship, Sunderland finished bottom and relegated. But when Wolves went to Sunderland, Sunderland won 3 0. So, just that's my thoughts. You know, put all thoughts of Alan Hardy's penis aside, and I'm sure that's not going to be difficult. Um, All the three managers, the wage bills, all of that sort of stuff, put it all to one side. 11 v 11 at Meadow Lane in a relatively local derby is not a straightforward match. No, it's not. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that I'm, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to, you know, I'm not going there on Saturday expecting us to come away with a 6-0 win. I'm not expecting it to be a walk in the park. I'm not expecting it to be an easy game by any stretch because well, we all know we've seen it before. We can be flying high or, or doing relatively well in a season. You come up against an opponent that, that's substantially lowering you in the league and I don't think they're going to turn it over. I don't think they're going to turn us over at all. I think it's going to be, like you say, it's going to be a difficult game. It's going to be a tough game. Um, but I think I think we're going to win. And it's top v bottom. It's it's one of those where you look at the table, you go, oh, they'll, they'll win that, no problem. But I don't think it's going to be as straightforward as, as many people say. Um, there is one one thing that I do want to just briefly mention is uh, just, just going back to the social media storm. Um why does he call himself Big Al? Because that's, I mean, it's it's not to do with that, surely. It's, he owns a football club, then. Yeah, but I mean, it's. Let's just put it this way: the 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 one that I purchased for Saturday um, arrived today, and it's it's slightly um, 
slightly more well endowed than than Mr. Hardy. Um, so I will. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty flying about on Saturday. But no, <coughs> excuse me. Like you say, it's not going to be an easy game. We do have Bruno Andrade back though, so um, hopefully. Uh, Bruno's had a bit of time off. Uh, obviously, it's been forced. Hopefully, he's been able to fully recover from the injury. That let, let's be honest, he wasn't fully fit before he, he got suspended. Um, he, he wasn't. He was probably on about seventy percent or so. He was limping at the Everton game quite obviously um, in towards the, the end of the second half. And uh, I, I just hope he's he's going to be fully rested. He's going to be fired up, and we see the Bruno that was uh, fully visible. Four or five months ago, because uh, he's he's frightening when he's on it. He really is. And if I think, uh, I think if he manages to turn the pace on and turn the style on on Saturday, then we're in with a much better chance of uh, coming away with a decent result. Um, and yeah, as for the other the other positions, I think I would potentially say that obviously depending on how tomorrow goes in terms of the hunt for the elusive striker. Um, I, I just wonder if we're going to maybe experiment a little bit on Saturday or whether Danny's going to stick with what he knows yeah, no and bring out the same yeah the same team that started on Saturday and um yeah I think I think you're probably right in that it's going to be the same starting 11 but I well obviously with with Bruno in but at that point who do you well, drop stop you there with Bruno in why I don't think Bruno will come back in the side, not straight away. I don't think... I mean, I I heard a lot of rumours we're not going to see Bruno again from people who don't know what they're talking about. Same people that are telling me Harry Anderson's up for sale and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, bullshit merchants, basically. Um, But there's no guarantee that Bruno Andrade is going to come back into the side at all. Three games out, not as match sharp. Jordan Roberts can play out wide on the left. Danny Rowe can. And I'm put it past Danny to have Bruno on the bench, especially if the was words said Danny won't want to make it look like somebody can give him a little bit of gob from the sidelines and he has to chase him down and then drops him straight in the team. No, no, no players bigger than the team. Danny's always quite, you know, quite big on that, isn't he? When Theo Robinson moved away, it's you know I want players who want to be here. Everybody's the same. Everyone gets the same opportunities. So no, I'm not, I'm not so sure Bruno will come straight back in at all. And I'm not so sure it'll be the same starting 11 because we don't always keep the consistency. Um, mm. But I think it'll be more or less. It'll be row, row behind the kindy. Depends if Bulger's fit, I suppose. Midfield. Yeah, there is that. O'Connor will play. Yeah, I think he'll start me. I yes. think he'll start Michael O'Connor. Yeah. Um, I I think uh I think O'Connor had a you know decent uh, decent display when he came on on Saturday. Um I, I don't think he was quite on the uh, on the level of um Tomo's more or less persistent man of the match awards but uh, he he definitely he definitely put in uh, kind of I don't want to say he put stuck the boot in because that sounds like he got really aggressive but yeah, he seemed to pick things up a little bit. He's better so. than Bozzy in the field. Oh, it was, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe. The problem, the problem yeah. I've got with Bozzy in midfield, I like I like Michael Bosser. He's brilliant. If my dad hears me say anything negative against him at all, he, he starts looking whether you can divorce your kids or not. He's, he's yeah, he <laughs> loves Michael Bosswick. But when Bozzy's in midfield, he's kind of, um, he's, he's a little bit like a, uh, a digger. Like you can charge everywhere, chopping holes out, all that sort of stuff. But sometimes the job requires something a little bit sleeker, a little bit 
you know, maybe like a little bobcat instead that's a little bit quicker, digs finer lines out, all that sort of stuff. Sometimes you don't need the big engine and the roaring power and the traction and the, and the running into things with axes <laughs> and war paint on. Sometimes you need guile. Sometimes you need um, legs. Sometimes you need Michael O'Connor. And I think that's what he brings. He's, he's Alex Woodyard's one end of the scale. Michael Boswick's the other end of the mm. scale. And Michael O'Connor's somewhere in the middle. I, I, I like O'Connor. Do you know what? I would go as far as to say that if I had to pick three players now to vote on for player of the year, Michael O'Connor might be in there. The only thing that would hold him back is the minutes he's had. But other than that, he might be in or around the top three players for me. Okay. Who with the other TV? Oh, it's normally me that puts people on the, on the spot, isn't it? Um, Michael Boswick, <laughs> rather ironically, um, Jason Shackle, I think has been absolutely superb as well. And, you know, I think when you look at some of the other players, um, that, that might be in with a shout, Andrade kind of has had a sticky patch. Anderson has had a sticky patch, been fantastic recently. Um, Neil Erdley would have to be there or thereabouts. Harry Toffolo for me, good getting forward, not as great at the back. You know, Freck said he's up and, up and downs. Um, Tom Pett up and down as well. So, have I missed anybody? I don't really know. It's not going to Matt Reed. No, I don't think so. But I think, yeah. It's... Right. O'Connor I... would be up there t- in top four. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we'll have, we'll probably have a, a conversation about players of the uh, players of the season so far and, and stuff like that when we do our transfer, uh, transfer window talk, which I think we're hoping to get something done this weekend um, or before the weekend. We'll, we'll, Figure something out, but Friday night uh, I've been on the radio after I've been on the rival podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we, we did talk about doing it tonight, but then we said, well, there's kind of the fact is the transfer window's still ongoing by tomorrow night, and you're working covering it for a lot of the evening, so it's going to be. It was quite difficult to get transfer talk done tonight, so. Um, but yeah, I think. That's going to do for County. Are we going to go with a prediction? I don't do predictions. I did do predictions for Berry. I told the podcast we'd win. I told uh, the preview, <laughs> uh, the Berry preview we'd draw. By the time we got to Dad's, I told him we'd lose. And guess what? I was right on one of them. <laughs> well, I'm sure you can, you know, when there's only three potential options, if you throw out three potential answers, you're bound to get one of them right. Points. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so... I think we're coming up on just about half an hour. Uh, we said we would probably try and keep this one fairly short. So unless there's anything that you want to bring up or yep. mention or, or talk about, I, would like, I think that's fair. I point. would like to ask people um, to get in touch if they're interested in taking part in a Stacey West podcast quiz. Now, what this will entail is me ringing you up, asking you some questions, recording it, and then playing it back on the pod. Uh, and then the winner which I'm not sure I will define it yet. We haven't really thrashed it out because we only had the idea about 35 minutes ago before we went on air. Um, <laughs> but the, the winner might get a prize or a mention or, I don't know, something, an intimate picture of Alan Hardy. I'm not really sure yet. Maybe we could get Alan Hardy to sign an inflatable penis from the weekend. And after that no. <laughs> And I, mean, yeah. I, I did wonder where you were going with that for a minute when you said maybe we could get Alan Hardy to, and I wondered if we'd have to get off Commonwealth. <laughs> 
So yeah, so drop me a drop, drop me a, a tweet on the at Stacey West blog if you'd like to be involved. Um, well, we're going to thrash it out, but maybe we're going to do a guesty imp and then a couple of questions. It'll only be a five minute phone call. Um, just might even be a bit of fun because I'm not really sure I can stretch to a a prize um, for my current predicament. Yeah, I mean, I think if we do like a little leaderboard of some description, we can have you know points points allocated and stuff yeah. like that. We can. I'm sure we'll figure something yeah. out. Like on so. Top Gear. Yeah. Kind of like a little metallic board. Yeah. We haven't actually really got one. Um, but I'll draw one or something. So, so yeah, that, yeah. that's it. I don't know. I've, I will very soon be promoting my mascot book because I've been doing the proofreading. Um, I had a guy called Mike Downs who, who sells my magazine, and Mike's a lovely, lovely man. Um, and he's gone away to Australia at the moment, which is one of the reasons why it's been hard to sell the fanzine because he does a great job for uh, for me. Um, and he did the proofreading of my book and he sent me the document through and I think it was 138 pages of uh, changes and things like that where he had highlighted things. And it might have been, actually it might be a bit more, it might have been about 100. I mean, the book's only 350 pages um, and he'd gone into some real depth and I'm now down to the last seven pages. I think I seem to have been doing it forever. So very soon there will be some news about my uh, my mascot book coming out, but... That's not now. I'll just keep teasing it because eventually I hope that people will buy it and um, help me survive financially through the summer, which would be nice. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because I think uh, there's there's a few stories in there from from conversations that we've had that I'm really interested in uh, in finding out a bit more about. So yeah, I'm, I'm keen to get involved with that when it gets uh, just launched. for Chris Ray as well. Chris will be hopefully listening to this unless he lies to me. Um, <laughs> but the Nazi memorabilia story isn't going to be in there, Chris. Sorry. Okay, now I'm really intrigued. So we're going to have to have a conversation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so that's. Uh, I think that's probably going to be a decent place to, to wrap up for the week. Um, always a good spot to end on Nazi memorabilia. Um, so uh, I just wanted to say uh, something very quick and... Uh, it's probably borderline a little bit personal. Um, uh, a few people probably realise that this this week's been it's a bit of a difficult one for me personally. Um, it's it's uh, eleven years since I, I unfortunately lost my dad, and he was you know diehard imp and all the rest of it alongside it. And he's essentially the reason that I'm I'm here talking today as a as a city fan. Um, there was a tweet that I put out that. Um, I know we've had a conversation about it and we've we've spoken before about are we going to do a podcast about Peter Jackson because it's it's one of those where we've got very very differing opinions but I think we we've spoken at a match about it as well and I think that the the discussion is one that can really be summed up quite quickly um my my feelings and my opinions from it come from from the man Peter Jackson rather than the manager and I think that was uh you've you've said that it's it's obviously you know he's maligned as a manager and I think fairly you know rightly so in in a lot of respect um but the the thing for me is that it, it'll always stick with me was when um the night before my dad passed away Jacko came to the hospital um he didn't bring anybody from the club I think there's only about three or four people that, that knew it was happening um, he rang me on my mobile and I went to reception. He was there and he just came, gave me a great big hug and said, Carl, then let's go see your old man as long as we don't talk about that Pavel Abbott goal. And we sat there and my dad could barely speak at this point and, and Peter was just 
unbelievable because as we were walking over, he he told me that he'd been diagnosed with with his illness as well, and that's what stuck with me. Um, I know we've, like I say, we've spoken on the podcast about doing a, a Jacko podcast, and it's I think the reasoning um, for wanting to do it was because we had such differing opinions. But ultimately, when we spoke a little bit more about it, we realised that it was it wasn't that we had differing opinions. We just had opinions on different things i think that's probably fair to say so um i just wanted to put that out there because i know there's been a lot of people that have sort of mentioned me on twitter and, and sent me a, you know direct messages and stuff and uh i do really appreciate the, the messages that i've had back so thank you very much for those it's it's it is really much you know very much appreciated so um yeah just from a personal point of view that's it um back to podcast matters though um if you do enjoy the podcast please do tell people about it. Um, and also, please do drop us a review on iTunes because uh, the reviews are actually, they're good reading. They're, you know, we, we do go through them. We do read them quite a lot. There are some brilliant ones and there are some genuinely fucking hilarious ones. Um, one of which I think we tweeted a couple of weeks ago. I think we both tweeted it, didn't we? I, I haven't actually read any of the reviews on iTunes. I don't go on iTunes. Should I? Well, I mean... I've I've sent you one. Yeah, of them yeah. Sure. You sent me the one from you know who, uh, the Voldemort of the Lincoln yeah. City supporting world. Um, I, I'd like to read some nice stuff sometimes. It's always nice, make me feel better. So, yeah. So, and that's the thing. Like, I think if if you if you do enjoy it, let us know because it's it at the minute it's kind of me and Gary every 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 Wednesday we get together and we sit there and we go like yeah right yeah and we we talk about stuff and. Um, I'll just go through, actually, we could probably do this every week and go through the most recent ratings and most recent reviews. Um, maybe, I don't know. Something yeah, that's, I, uh, just I, I didn't stay silent there because uh, I was ignoring you. I stayed silent because I was trying to figure out if my dog was snoring or farting next to me. <laughs> was it both? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> um Yes, I mean, the, the, there was one a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, it always sounds a little bit sycophantic when you say it, because um, I don't like just sort of blowing smoke up my ass. But, well, I'll read two. I'm just going to pick them completely at random, obviously. Um, the first one, Stacey West Pod's a great listen, giving entertaining insight into opinions on games, opposition, and all things Lincoln. Two cracking blokes doing a great job. And that's from Lewis. Thank you, Lewis. Um, and let's see, which other one should I read? Let's pick this one. If you want to listen to two Lincoln City fans who think they're better than you, then this is the podcast for you. They're right. You're wrong. Get used to it. Hosted by a guy who dressed up in a kid's panto costume for years and a Fairweather fan who swears a lot. Enjoy. Oh, the, don't forget the Fairweather fans so, just bought an inflatable penis as well. I have, yes. I've, I've just bought an inflatable penis. I think we have to let long. that review go, really. Yeah, it's fine. But I, that's the thing. You know, leave us a review because they're, they're good and... It's it's a silly thing, but it helps us get up the ratings. Like there are podcast ratings, there are like sports charts and stuff like that. And I think for a, for a few weeks we were actually pushing, like pushing up way more than we should have been for for two blokes that get drunk and well, you know, not necessarily get drunk, but just come on a podcast and swear about Lincoln City. But, um, but yes, I think that's a fair point to leave it. Um, thank you ever so much for listening, guys, and hopefully we'll come back next week with three more points. Cheers, all. Bye. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. 
You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.